Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff with your host, Glenn Holster. Hi folks, old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. Well, 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 it is sort of a cold day. What can I say? You guys, I hope you're all doing well, but I already said that. All right, what do we want to talk about today? How about how I hate builds? Now, builds are something to me that is rather new. Um, 5e and Pathfinder have come out with these. And I don't know, yeah, Pathfinder, because they got so many, so many ways to make a character. But to me, it's just make a character. I don't care if it's a plain vanilla character. I can find something to do. To me, it's all about the personality. And if I can have stats or things that reflect that, that'd even be better. This is another reason why I like the secondary occupations list or table or whatever, because it gives me a clue as to what what the character is like. I don't have to have a min-max, be-all, end-all character that's going to work like clockwork because there are going to be times when it doesn't work like clockwork and you got to deal with it. So that's why I'm really down on quote-unquote builds. To me, just make your character, okay? We'll leave it at that. (laughs) How about alternative leveling? Now there are two ty- there are two there are two philosophies schools of thought about leveling. You can do regular I give you XP and you level type leveling, and then there is uh, what do they call it um, event leveling or something like that where you know they play so many games, they play Sony Adventures, and the GM will go, okay, you guys level up. Now, there is an alternative. There's a third, which I will get to in a moment. It has to do with ICRPG. Uh, And it's... I like... I prefer XP leveling, even though it's more work for me. I mean, I do event leveling when I'm too lazy to to deal with it. But to me, I would rather do the XP leveling unless the system, like the current edition, is set up where everybody uses the same experience chart. I prefer I prefer you know games with different classes that different have different experience you know charts. It just it just works out better that way. It's always interesting. And saying, okay, everybody levels, to me is not the same as a character or rather a player going, oh man, I leveled this time, cool. You know, yeah, and everybody's going to go at a different different pace and there's nothing wrong with that, really. But that's what I prefer. Now, a third type of leveling is an ad hoc type of leveling. Now, ICRPG, I shouldn't say IP, just ICRPG. There's Savage Worlds does their own thing, too. But ICRPG does a thing where each class has so many, like, five or six things 
And then they've got like three or four, what they call mastery skill. I'll call them skills because what the heck that they can do. But you level when the GM says you level. And then you pick one from the list. You don't have to go down the list. Just pick one from the list. And, you know, the GM can can divide it up any way they want. I kind of like that. Because then you can just go, okay, um, you take take another level. And they'll just, okay, boom, boom, boom. And uh, they're done. Now, Savage Worlds does a thing where you play so many... Uh, so many so many games and you hit a milestone and that's when you level up or something to that effect. Maybe it may be more ad hoc that I'm thinking of, but that's how Savage Worlds says it. But that's my stance on leveling. What do you think? I think it'd be interesting to to do the alternative leveling, but you know, I'll leave that up to you guys. Anyway, what else we got today? It's kind of a slow day, you know what I mean? And let's talk about swarms. Yes, best in show, swarms. Now, swarms of bees, of rats, of whatever the heck is out there that is small and hangs out, hangs around each other. I mean, in a swarm. Now, how do you deal with those? Me, I just treat it as one monster, usually. Now, there are cases where you can, you know, divide up the swarms and deal with two monsters or something like that. But I would, I would probably deal with one as one monster, one big monster. And when you subtract hit points, you're just killing more of the little guys. Now, there, there are certain interesting things. Now, you can do swarms other than the usual thing. I mean, how many people get stuck in a swarm of locusts? You know what the, you know what I'm saying? How many people get stuck in that? And you can come up with like magic. Imagine a swarm of <laughs> swarm of sturges. You'd be dead right now, or they the PC would be dead in short order. But it's almost like I mean you could call you could do a swarm of sharks. You know, somebody gets attacked by a shark or something. Blood in the water, they frenzy. All of a sudden, you're getting sharks from all over the place. Go after them. You better get out of the water fast. So, you know, there's there's that too. So how do you deal with swarms? Swarms, I find, are a little bit fascinating because, like I said, it's like a group mind. And also you can come up with a like really intelligent, really intelligent type of swarming. Where because th- those do exist. I mean, I hear hornets and lo- uh, hornets and wasps are very, very smart. And and bees. Have you ever tried to have you ever tried to swat away a bee? It's not like a fly where you go get out of here and they'll try and land again. You get out of here. No, they will come after you. You know they'll they got tempers. They'll get po'd, and they will come after you. Think about that too. That could be that could be part of the part of the attack. That could be part of their their abilities. They can get their little bee or hornet buddies together and just decide to, you know, attack the guy that's standing over there. It's giving us a lot of trouble. Plus, you've got like, you know, do you want to borrow? Do you want to bother a hornet's nest? Things like that. Those are the things you kind of think of. And also, there's also location. Wouldn't it be nice if you can come up with uh, swarms of things that aren't, don't usually exist in a certain location? Say, 
like Arctic, Arctic bees, <laughs> Arctic hornets, you know, that kind of thing, Arctic rats. Now, rats are interesting because the reason they're attacking is it's not, it's not like, you know, they're protecting the hive or anything like that. They're scared. They're just as scared of you. They just don't, you know, they will bite you. Yeah, they'll bite you to get the hell away. So when you start attacking them, you got you to gotta remember, you know, these things are scared. So that's why they're attacking. So you adjust your, you adjust your, your attack. And if you have fire, fire is your friend in this case. The fire is your friend for a lot of them. I mean, have you ever smoked out a, a hive or a wasp's nest? They take, they take uh, those, those smoke pots and they go around and it puts them to sleep. Then you can get rid of the nest. I've gotten rid of a hornet's nest before. Me, I find some, I have, I have like black flag or something like that. I squirted the really powerful hornet stuff and day gone, day gone. Now I kind of like that. But anyway, that's something to think about when you deal with swarms because they are out there. Okay. How about, uh, I'm going to save that one for last. How about PC karma? Player character karma. How often do you deal with it? Because you should deal with it. You know, PCs have got to understand they can't get away with everything all the time. There are consequences. That's what I'm saying. Consequences, and they're going to have to deal with it. And you know what? Benefits you, because there's, there's an adventure hook right there. You get locked up by the guard. You got to get out or something. You know, maybe they're sentenced to death and you got to figure out how to save them. Or the, the other the player characters got to figure out how to save their comrade. Something like that. I know you've seen all the adventures that start. Well, you're in a cell. All your stuff is taken away. And now you got to break out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. that That's an old trope right there. But it, it works. It does work. Uh, so so think about the, the karma. Because karma can get, get you... Karma can get you without you knowing it. You know, you're in the dungeon and you, <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Say there's a big bear in there and you piss him off. You get away. He'll remember. If you have, you remember, you have to, remember, you have to go back that way. So how are you going to handle that smart guy or smart girl or whatever? So that's just something to think about. PC karma. And you can just have karma happen. I mean, the gods deal with karma all the time. You know, they're displeased with you. They'll let you know. I've had, to, I've had clerics go on journeys before to gain their gods' favor, which is another venture hook right there waiting to happen. You know... You know, it's not just animals. You screw somebody over, they're gonna they're gonna remember and try and get back at you. So just you know, impress on them. I mean, you can do something as petty as, "Hey, don't litter." Okay, you know, and they keep littering, and the guy, you know, arrests them or something. But anyway, you you get the point. They've got to know that they have it has consequences. So just you know. Make it known to them. 
Okay, here's one that I I don't know if I wanted to talk about or not. Gaming and significant others. I am married to a wonderful woman. She does not game. I do. This is basically what I'm talking about. If your significant other does not really do what you do, let's say in this case, game. Because there are some out there. I admire, I, I envy the people, you know, the, the, the guys and the gals who have spouses or girlfriends or whatever that do it too. But then you have, I mean, there's some that don't like it at all, but I'm not going to deal with that. Then there, it's, it's the in-between ones that, that kind of concern me. You get the significant other who, quote-unquote, tolerates it. I hate that. You know, I mean, I've, you know, I, I'm not going to get into, don't talk about that, Glenn. Uh, significant others who, okay, go ahead and do your little game as long, because they, they, they do, and they, if they tolerate it with clenched teeth, you know, you really got to think about that. You got to talk to them. I mean, here's the one thing you want to do is to make sure you spend enough time with them too, you know, outside of the game. I mean, there are spouses that won't even let you talk about your game if you're if they're tolerating it. Do you always have to talk about that? I mentioned it once, you know. And if you want to go off to a convention, oh, I, I don't want to do that. I wanted to go over here. You know, I wanted to do, visit this. I said, well, I'm going to a convention. You know, you got to... You got to think about that. You know, make sure you, I'm not trying to give you, you know, marriage or relationship device, but, you know, make sure you spend as much quality time with them as you do with your gaming buddies or whatever hobby you do. You know, this, this came off as a weird lecture, but anyway, there it is. Now, I got one topic on here. This is one of those things where I write something down and then later on I look at it and I go, what? What the heck was I thinking of? It says paradigm shift. And I think what it means was I had a paradigm shift when I first got Tunnels and Trolls because I did not get it at all. I mean, I'm not saying I don't get it. I got the principles. I got the core ideas of it. But to me, combat lacked. But... It was all my way of thinking because paradigm, it was like, I told you about the combat. It's like each side rolls their dice and whoever is the highest, you know, win, wins that round and the, the, the difference is the damage. Okay, I got that. But it's like you have an order in which you, you, you do this because, you know, I said, what about ranged attacks? How do you work those in? What if I, what if somebody threw a spell that affected this? You know, what if I take out one of your guys? Well, that that's dealt with in there anyway. But, and also I felt like it's just going through the battle. It's not, I felt like it takes away from the player character's um, freedom, uh, their agency. That's the first thing I said to, to Ken. I said, Where's the, where's the player agency? You know, maybe they want to, you know, the thief wants to creep around and stab the guy in the back. 
How does he do that? I mean, he's not he's not fighting, so I guess you'll subtract whatever he contributes and then deal with the backstab. And how do you backstab in there anyway? What I had to do was basically have a paradigm shift in my mind, saying, okay, I've been to... And this could apply to any game that has uh, mechanics you just don't understand. What you have to do is just accept it as its own terms and try to understand it. If you're too locked in a type of, type of game... I mean, if I was playing Champions today and I'd never played it before, it'd take me a while. Um, but, you know, I've spent so many years doing class and level D&D type games that after a while, you, your mind gets locked. It just, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen for you. And you just got to look at it and just look at it and try and understand it and get somebody to help you, somebody who does know this other game. So, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. I think a lot of people are discovering that since we had the OGL fracas. And they're discovering these other games that aren't D&D that they can play. And some of it takes some getting used to. I know basic role-playing take, takes getting used to. The, the, the uh, Chaosium system for RuneQuest and Call of Cthulhu, because it's all percentile-based. Uh, Gangbusters was all percentile based. Uh, Gamma World and Mutant Well, Mutant Future was easy because it was basically BX with mutants. But, you know, Gamma World took, took a while. And I think, I believe that was a percentile based one too. Savage Worlds is another. You know, you just, some of it is simple. Some of it sometimes is simple. But sometimes you just it you, it takes you a while to wrap your head around it. But you gotta be willing to do it if you want to try something new. Broaden your horizons. That's all I say. But yeah, you'll have a paradigm shift. One everybody has it when they try another when they're trying a new game. So keep that in mind. Okay, I gotta go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar@gmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as ninety nine cents a month. You too can help support your support me, and I would thank you. Uh, single donations. My Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognarn. <clears throat> Excuse me. For my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognarn. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Suarez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much. For other good podcasters, Dan Gregg's The Young YUNG Young Grognarns Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandit's Key Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tankar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.